good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. Today is Monday, the 21st of March, 2022. Hope everybody had a great weekend and enjoyed themselves no matter where you are in the world. And what we'll do is start off with the first story of the day. Thailand ranks 61st in Annual Happiness Index. Thailand ranks 61st in the Annual World Happiness Index, but is the third happiest country in Southeast Asia, according to the World Happiness Report from 2022. This year marks the 10th anniversary of the report, which uses global survey data to analyse how people evaluate their lives in 146 countries. Its researchers hope the information can help countries craft policies aimed at achieving happier societies. For the fifth year in a row, Finland takes the top spot as the happiest country in the world. Ranked second is Denmark, followed by Iceland, Switzerland, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Sweden, Norway, Israel and New Zealand. Looking out Southeast Asia, Singapore leads the pack, ranked 27th in the world. The Philippines ranked 60th, followed by Thailand, Malaysia, who ranked 70th, Vietnam 77, Indonesia 87, Laos, Cambodia and Myanmar, who ranked 126th. This year's report comes amid the COVID-19 pandemic, which has upended lives around the world, said John Helliwell, a Canadian economist and editor of the World Happiness Report. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis we've seen in more than a century, Mr. Helliwell said. We found during 2021 remarkable worldwide growth in all three acts of kindness monitored in the Gallup World Poll. Helping strangers, volunteering and donations were up strongly in every part of the world, reaching levels almost 25% above their pre-pandemic prevalence. This surge of benevolence provides powerful evidence that people help others in need, creating in the process more happiness for beneficiaries, a good example for others to follow, and better lives for themselves, he said. Now, Jean-Emmanuel Deneuve, Director of the Wellbeing Research Centre at the University of Oxford, said that at the very bottom of the ranking, the research team found societies that suffer from conflict and extreme poverty. Ranked at the bottom is Afghanistan, 146, where its people evaluated the quality of their own lives as merely 2.4 out of 10. Lebanon was in 145th, just below Zimbabwe, Rwanda and Botswana. Data considered in the World Happiness Report offers a snapshot of how people around the world evaluate their own happiness and some of the latest insights from the science of well-being, said Associate Professor Lara Aknen, of the Department of Psychology at Simon Fraser University. This information is powerful for understanding the human condition and how to help people, communities and countries work towards happier lives. And moving along, the Tourism Ministry to aid stranded tourists. The government has assigned state agencies, including the Tourism and Sports Ministry, to help 8,000 Russian and Ukrainian tourists who are stranded in Thailand, says government spokesman Tanakorn Wangbunganchana. The Prime Minister has pledged to help all nationals in Thailand as the country remains neutral to all parties. The government also believes in the importance of humanitarian grounds of assisting both Russian and Ukrainians with the utmost effort, said Mr. Tanakorn. 
The ministry estimated that about 8,000 tourists, 7,000 Russians and 1,000 Ukrainians are stranded in the country, largely in Phuket and Suratani. Among the help measures being offered are the procurement of interpreters and a hotline call centre. The ministry also provided accommodation, food and other assistance to Russian and Ukrainian tourists. Mr. Tanikorn said the Immigration Bureau has allowed many Russians and Ukrainian nationals to extend their stay in the kingdom, together with coordinating with both countries' embassies. In cases of flight cancellation, tourists are being advised on what alternative airlines they can use, such as Qatar Airways and Turkish Airlines. Regarding financial issues or payment difficulties, the Ministry of Finance and the Bank of Thailand are providing advice concerning alternative to Swiss payments, such as Western Union. These payment methods are supported by Siam Commercial Bank, Kasakorn Bank and Government Savings Bank, among other channels, including Thailand Post. In addition, Thai agencies are coordinating with Siam Commercial Bank, the Tourist Authority of Thailand, Phuket Tourist Association and the Thai Hotels Association Southern Chapter to provide advice and make foreign tourists aware of the help on offer, he said. According to statistics from the Tourism and Sports Ministry, 30,759 Russians visited the country last year. They were the fourth largest international arrivals after Germany, the United Kingdom and the United States in 2021. So as you can see, there is no end to how much the government will support Russians abroad. It's a very strange situation that a government would be using its own finances to aid stranded tourists. And if we look how many, there is 7,000 Russians and just a, a mere 1,000 Ukrainians. This is mainly going to Russians stranded abroad. Now the question is, why is their own government not supporting them because at the end of the day it is their own government who has the money to wage a war and they should also have the money to look after their own citizens who are stranded abroad. Now the government have spoken about here about how it's a humanitarian mission they're basically doing. Well let me just put in contrast Thailand donated 2 million Thai baht to the Ukrainian aid fund. That's $60,000. That's it. And I'm pretty sure the amount of aid they've given to Russians in Thailand is far more than 2 million baht. So it really has to be looked at what side the Thai government are on here. They keep claiming they are neutral, but in my opinion, they are far from neutral. They're stacking their corner on the Russians because they know the Russian tourist market is very, very beneficial and lucrative to them. But it will be a long time before Russians start to come back to Thailand in any form of numbers. So Thailand need to look at that as well. Sometimes they're a little short-sighted when it comes to the overall world stage, but again, they're trying to please everyone, but in turn probably offending an awful lot of people in the process. But I'd love to know your opinion on all of this. Do you think Thailand should be neutral on all of this? Do you think they should be pro-Russian, pro-Ukraine? Should they come out and say that the war is wrong and Russia should leave? I'd love to know your opinions, as always, in the comment section down below. Now, as reported the last day, Songkran will be allowed to go ahead, but without the water festivities, and Kaosan Road bar owners are not happy. Business operators along Kaosan Road have objected to a policy by the Center for COVID-19 Situation Administration that allows Songkran activities to be held, but prohibits water fights, saying they will lose income. The move began after the CCSA met Friday under the chairmanship of Prime Minister Priya Chanacha and agreed that the annual celebrations could proceed provided there was no alcohol at organised events. People will also be encouraged to engage in traditional activities without water splashing. If the government wants to ease measures to allow Songkran festivities to be held, it must not prohibit water splashing, Sangka Rungwatakanakal, president of the Kaosan Business Association, told a media outlet.
If you remove that trademark element, tourists would not have any idea why they should visit, he said. Mr. Sanga said business operators in Kausan Road would therefore not likely plan any special events for Songkran this year. The association will submit a proposal asking the CCSA and General Pryor to review the decision, he added. Business operators can endure strict measures to control the virus, such as restricting the number of daily visitors to 5,000, he said. Businesses have been looking forward to Songkran in the hope it would boost tourism after the Omicron variant discouraged people from travelling, Mr Sangha said. The hotel reservation rate has risen to just 20% despite the country having reopened, he noted. Furthermore, many night entertainment venues, especially pubs and bars, have changed to operate as restaurants in order to comply with the government's measures, which has boosted their sales volume. If the Songkran festival is banned, we could lose many tours to other ASEAN countries, especially during the peak season of April and May, Mr Sanka said. According to the CCSA meeting, activities such as sprinkling scented water on Buddha statues, pouring water on the hands of elderly people to seek their blessing, and other activities at temples could proceed. However, all organized events must take place in a COVID-free setting. Local and community celebrations should also comply with COVID-19 control measures and should not extend to public areas such as roads. People who want to hold activities in public areas must get permission from the appropriate agencies first. Songkran runs from April 13th to 15th this year. And next up, mixed reaction to scrapping of PCR tests. The business sector voiced a varied response to the government's latest decision to scrap the mandatory pre-departure COVID test for visitors starting next month. The CCSA decided on Friday to lift the requirement for an RT-PCR test 72 hours before departure for inbound travellers from April 1st. However, other rules remain, such as taking an RT-PCR test upon arrival, a COVID antigen test on the fifth day, and insurance coverage of US$20,000. Marisa Sukasal, president of the Thai Hotels Association, said scrapping the pre-arrival RT-PCR test might not be strong enough to lure international travellers back, as those planning holidays now have several choices with far fewer restrictions than Thailand. In addition to Western markets, hotels have started to receive inquiries from South Korea, India and Singapore. However, travellers are reluctant to book their trips as Thailand still mandates more requirements than other countries, she said. Travellers during the pandemic will prioritise destinations that can facilitate their trips with the fewest restrictions, said Mrs. Marisa. She said the latest relaxation will help stimulate the international market, but it is not a significant improvement to the tourism outlook, which was static after the test and go was resumed in February. The tourism industry has been jeopardised by heated competition from neighbouring countries and a sluggish domestic market after a spike in local cases derailed planned trips of many holidaymakers. Bringing in more international tourists is the only viable option for our workers to survive, Miss Marisa said. Now, the chief executive of Thai Air Asia said the exemption of a pre-arrival test is a good opportunity to stimulate the international market as tourists face fewer procedures and costs. The CCSA's decision is also in line with the airline's expansion plan to prepare more international connectivity, he said. However, the CCSA should ease other restrictions soon, particularly the RT-PCR test upon arrival, plus a night at a hotel, which should be replaced with an antigen test kit to create a more convenient flow for those who want to explore other provinces earlier, Mr. Santosuk said. Now, the Federation of Thai Industries is standing firm on its proposal to abandon the test-and-go scheme, quarantine and RT-PCR COVID-19 tests for the sake of tourism and the economy. 
We disagree with the government, which still uses these mandatory measures while many other countries have greatly relaxed travel rules, said Supasop Moncasula III, chairman of the FTI. Now, according to the FTI, foreign travellers, including investors and tourists, do not want to spend much time and expense dealing with these screening requirements, so many of them may delay their plans to travel to Thailand. The government seems to make the issue more complicated. Thailand supposedly reopened last November, but foreigners cannot freely travel to the country, said Mr. Supant. The Federation plans to discuss its proposal with the CCSA yesterday, asking it to abandon the screening measures to attract more visitors and revive the pandemic-ravaged tourism industry. He said earlier Thailand should allow foreign tourists who already received two doses of vaccine to enter the country without going through other measures. They should only be required to show vaccine passports that prove they are fully vaccinated upon arrival, said Mr. Sopant. Now, the chief marketing officer of the mall group said the company agrees with the government's latest decision to ease tourism curbs, noting it is attractive enough to lure foreign tourists to the country. It should not only help stimulate the economy and tourism industry, but also other industries, especially retail, Mrs. Varalek said. However, she said the government still needs to stimulate consumption by launching packages to revitalize the economy. All parties must strictly follow government safety measures, said Ms. Varalek. Now, normally I would like to give my entire opinion on this whole episode of the PCR test and other things, but sometimes my opinion needs to be have a counter to that, or at least have another side. Yesterday I was reading a very, very good opinion piece in the Phuket News, and I would like to read that to you today so you can get a sense of where many people are in relation to this whole entry requirements. I think it's always good to hear another voice other than my own when it comes to things like this. I know you guys listen to me and many other different channels, but I'd like to bring you this piece from the Phuket News. And it was written very well and it really shows and focuses where the government are in terms of the reopening of the country. All the arguments for relaxing the entry requirements for tourists have been laid out repeatedly to the point that everyday newsreaders should be able to cite them verbatim. And yet the central government is still holding on to outdated COVID-19 restrictions on the pretense they are still needed. For some reason, the CCSA, the ruling national COVID authority, is maintaining its black or white thinking as if the consequences of easing COVID-19 restrictions is an all or nothing decision. But then on Friday, rolled out yet more piecemeal relaxations of the entry requirements for tourists. This same past week, the CCSA also mandated that we still need the majority of restrictions in place to prevent the spread of Omicron. Yet people will be allowed to travel nationwide to celebrate Songkran, carrying with them whatever infections they have back to their family home in the province. The relaxed measures for tourists themselves do not make sense. Dropping the COVID-19 test within 72 hours of departing for Thailand, but maintaining the tests on arrival is sheer stupidity. If anything, keep the pre-departure test to save the tourists the pain and expense of being yet another guest at a Thai hospital, which have now been made famous for their quality of service. Keeping the test on landing without the pre-departure test just smacks of entrapment, especially considering the number of tourists who tested positive on day 5 of their stay in Phuket since the reopening of tourism on November 1. Holding on to the Thailand Pass system now is just pathetic. As the sandbox pilot project has proved, once the tourist is in, they're in. Any entry requirement at this stage should be folded into the visa entry requirement period. 
Holding on to any COVID-19 entry requirements anymore makes no sense, not out of opinion, but out of the statistics issued by the health officials themselves and from the repeated statements by the Phuket officials that more than 90% of all local infections in past weeks have all been green patients, experienced little to no signs of infection at all. The chief of the Phuket Provincial Health Office, Dr. Kusak, himself this past week pointed out that the rate of local infection in Phuket has already peaked and are now solidly trending downwards, claiming that the entry requirements are still needed to protect those at risk of serious consequences of infection, the so-called Group 608 patients, namely the elderly and those already suffering serious medical conditions, would be officials shooting themselves in the foot again. As Dr. Kusak said this week, of this group, the elderly, 96% have not received a third booster shot. Of those, more than 70% have not received any vaccination injections at all. That very statement itself is an indictment against the whole mass vaccination campaign. This group was supposed to be the first to be vaccinated because they are the people we were supposed to be protecting by getting ourselves vaccinated. No government official has admitted why the higher, at-risk people were not vaccinated with the Chinese-made Sinovac vaccine in the big push last year, and they have not admitted that the vaccine was pointless. Yet, here they are, continuing their push for third and fourth dose booster vaccines with different, more effective vaccines, and Omicron has still saturated the island, as Phuket provincial and health officials have already admitted. The saturation has reached the point that the Anjai clinic is now winding down. From tomorrow through to March 27, the clinic will be only open from 8.30 to 4.30 p.m., government working hours. Dr. Kusak on Wednesday also pointed out that currently 92.88% of the 539,000 target population of Phuket had received at least one COVID-19 vaccination injection, while 87.48% of the target population had received a second jab. So far, 67.92% of the target population had received a third booster injection, he said. In keeping with the self-contradictory thinking, Dr. Kusak and other leading provincial officials have repeatedly praised the mass vaccination campaign for the low impact Omicron has held in Phuket, not the COVID entry requirements. Yet, this same level of vaccination across the island is not enough to allow tourists to just return. The final nail in the coffin for contradicting themselves is that the Phuket Sandbox model was good enough to open in the middle of the Delta variant outbreak, but for some reason Phuket has not been even mentioned as a possible sandbox for allowing tourists to return without any restrictions as a pilot project of its own. If the above are the true real effects of the Omicron variant and Phuket as a sandbox has been successful, then there is no reason why the island cannot be reopened without any restrictions. As everyone saw throughout the height of the pandemic last year, the CCSA, through provincial officials, can easily introduce tighter restrictions just hours before they came into effect. There is no reason why restrictions cannot be eased just as quickly. They are playing our delaying game, and they are not telling people why. Right now, we have to wait until April 1st for the latest relaxed measures announced last Friday to come into effect. They will be even more out of date by then. No joke. Now that is an opinion piece that is in the Phuket News. I'll leave a link to it down below in the comment section. You can have a read of it yourself again if you like. But I do feel that it captures most of what we've been saying here in the show over the last couple of weeks. And the truth is why are so many elderly not vaccinated when in most countries the elderly are the first ones to get vaccinated? 
I think a lot of us maybe who live in Thailand know because the hoteliers wanted their staff vaccinated first and then everybody who knew someone in a high position was able to get a vaccination after that. There was no focus on the elderly and it wasn't done properly and now you're left in a situation where there's so many elderly throughout the whole country who are not vaccinated. It's just absolute craziness when it comes to it. But the overall message in that piece is that there is no reason that Thailand should still be closed in the manner that it is. Most, if not all, the international restrictions should be removed. But for some reason, they will not say why they continue to keep them, especially when you look at the neighbours and what they are doing. But I'd love to know what you think about this opinion piece. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? I'd love to know your comments down below in the comments section, as always. And moving along, Myanmar to reopen to international tourists. Myanmar will resume international passenger flights from April 17th, the military said Saturday, lifting a two-year ban on foreign tourists. The Southeast Asian nation closed its border to visitors in March 2020 at the beginning of the COVID pandemic in an attempt to prevent rising infections. Myanmar was further isolated after a coup last year, saw huge protests and a bloody military crackdown on dissent, sending its economy, including its tourism industry, into freefall. We will reopen all international flights on the 17th of April and can fly as regularly, said the National Central Committee on Prevention, Control and Treatment of Coronavirus Disease, citing falling COVID-19 infections. In a statement it said the decision was in order to improve the tourism business sector and in order to have a smooth trip for visitors who come to visit Myanmar. Visitors will be required to quarantine for a week, undergoing two PCR tests and must be fully vaccinated according to the health ministry. Myanmar's tourism industry was battered by the pandemic, with the country registering 40,000 daily COVID-19 cases at its peak last year. It has recorded almost 20,000 deaths in total. Spiraling violence followed the junta takeover, has also dented business, with many international firms pulling out of the nation. More than 1,600 people have been killed by security forces and over 11,000 businesses since the coup, according to a local monitoring group. The junta indicated late last year it was moving to reopen to international visitors in 2020, hoping to take advantage of the slew of local traditional holidays. And finally, the Phuket News Daily Report. Troubled deaf man talked down from phone tower. Rescue workers were called to a mobile phone tower in Tepkasatri, central Talang, yesterday after local residents became worried about a troubled deaf man climbing the trawl structure. Fisherman safe after boat sinks off Panya. A Thai fisherman is safe after his fishing boat sank about five nautical miles offshore from Kukkak in Panya, north of Phuket, yesterday. And finally, Phuket edition of Monopoly prays for helping to boost tourism. Phuket officials have praised the launch of the Phuket edition of the world-famous board game Monopoly, saying the move will help raise Phuket's international profile as a tourism destination and help boost local people's income by boosting tourism to the island. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.